This is episode 551 of the AWS podcast, released on October 17, 2022. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Lisher here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm joined by a special guest today. I'm joined by Rashab Chowdhury, who's a Senior Product Manager here at AWS. G'day, Rashab. How are you doing? Hey, Simon. I'm good. How are you? I am very well. And we're going to talk about something cool because we're going to combine ML with serverless because we're going to talk about Amazon SageMaker serverless inference. And uh, let's start at the start, shall we, Rashab? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm really excited to share uh, this new feature that we launched in general availability. It's called SageMaker Serverless Inference. It's a new inference option that enables customers to deploy machine learning models for inference without having to configure or manage any of the underlying infrastructure. The feature was initially launched in preview last reInvent, and we went uh, GA across 21 regions globally. And also, as the name suggests, uh, it's serverless, right? So it, it scales yeah. seamlessly based on traffic pattern, and customers do not have to manage any scaling policies. They get that out of the box. The, the other key benefit is customers simply need to provide us the ECR location of their inference code and the S3 location of their model artifact. And then SageMaker manages all of the infrastructure. So customers can now focus on their ML code and optimizing it and SageMaker can take care of the undifferentiated heavy lifting of infrastructure management. Absolutely, and that, that's what it's all about. So let's let's deconstruct a little bit. We're going to dive deep here, but first let's start with what is what is ML inference for a start? What do customers use it for? Before we even get into SageMaker and serverless and all the other geeky stuff yeah. that we love to talk about, what are customers looking to solve with ML inference besides being able to say a cool, a cool phrase? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, so if you look at the ML lifecycle, right? So there are basically four steps. So customers start with preparing the data first, then they build a model wherein they test different algorithms and test them for their accuracy. Uh, thirdly, they train the model. And once the model is trained, they need to deploy that model on a compute infrastructure in order to use them for online predictions, right? So they want to use these online predictions to integrate the, the, the inference server uh, with their application. And in, as a result, they want to increase and improve the customer experience. So basically- So, so by, these, are the, these are kind of the, the decisions that are being made by the model. The model has been trained and that's its whole fun and games. But once it's kind of in production, just being used, that, that's the word inference in this case. Exactly. So once you have trained and you, have, you want to use the model in production, serve like inference request and respond back to them, you basically host that model on a server and that is basically inference. And, and I guess depending on the model and what you're using, et cetera, there's decisions to be made about how to deploy and then you've got, suddenly you've opened up a world of capacity planning and, and that sort of stuff. From a cost perspective, often, you know, I know we spend a lot of time talking about the data sets and training and all that good stuff, which is complicated and specialized, but there's actually a pretty significant cost factor in production as well, isn't there? Exactly. Um, so if you again, like look at the ML lifecycle, most part, like from building and training the model, those are like one time exercise, right? Uh, like you probably reiterate and improve your model a few times, but at the end of the day, you want to host the model on a server, which is going to be a recurring cost to you. So typically what we have seen is uh, about 80% of the overall ML infrastructure cost uh, is uh, from inference for most of the customers. Obviously, this will vary from customer to customer and use case to use case, but it is a significant portion of the overall cost that customers see. 
Now that, that's really interesting because one of the one of the things when SageMaker first came out, it was very focused on that that whole life cycle. And one of the the cool features it had was you could deploy your model for inference behind an API, and it just it did it for you sort of in an auto scaling way. It sounds like moving to a serverless model. We've gone with sort of more a more granular view, or, or we've solved some problems that customers were facing. Help me understand what what some of the challenges were and how this solves for that. Sure. So. Uh, maybe we can take a step back and look at the different inference options that SageMaker mm. provides. Mm. Um, so so means before the serverless launch, we had three inference options within SageMaker, which customers could use in production. Uh, the first one was real-time inference, which is basically instance-based, which supports ultra-low latency, high-throughput use cases. We have a bunch of like uh, features which are supported. The second one is batch transform wherein, as the name suggests, if you want to run offline predictions in small or large batches of data set and then save the results in an S3 bucket, you can do that through batch transform. And the third one that we launched last year was asynchronous inference, uh, which allows customers to host models uh, capable of handling large and long-running requests, uh, for example, computer vision workloads. Um, so for these kind of workloads where you have large payloads and you need more longer processing time, in those cases, asynchronous inference uh, is helpful. But even with these inference options, we typically heard two main challenges that customers highlighted. The first one is uh, for ML workloads, which are like less predictable, uh, right? Means mm, where the usage mm. pattern is infrequent or intermittent, customers today end up over-provisioning, right? So for example, if you see only see traffic from Monday to Friday, and if you don't see traffic over the weekend, Today, you'll still end up provisioning an instance and paying for the entire week. So that leads to lower utilization and higher costs, and customers want to optimize that cost. So that's one challenge that customers brought up. And secondly, like when, when we speak to different personas, right? Like, for example, if you talk to a data scientist, they may not have the expertise of managing infrastructure. Yeah, right? yeah. So they, they are more focused on optimizing the ML code and the algorithms that they use. So they want a more managed offering where SageMaker takes care of all of the infrastructure so that they don't have to identify what is the right instance type. They don't have to identify how many instances are required, manage scaling policies, and go through all of that heavy lifting. Uh, so these are the two main challenges that customers highlighted, and uh, that's the reason we looked at uh, coming up with serverless inference. So it sounds like then the, the the configuration experience and the execution experience is pretty lightweight. And and let's let's sort of track through that a little bit. You touched on it earlier on. We it it, it sounds like you know you, you put your model in in ECR the the container registry. You have artifacts in S3. What what components am I putting in place for then SageMaker serverless inference to kind of just pick up and deploy the best possible way? Yeah, that's again the great question. So. So we have put a lot of effort to make sure that the experience that customers have with serverless inference is pretty much similar to other inference options within SageMaker. And the reason is we want to give them the portability and mobility to move between different inference options. Let's say today uh, the number of requests that you get is low and you want to deploy on serverless. Uh, and tomorrow, if you want to move to a real-time instance-based endpoint, you can quickly update the endpoint. So in terms of the experience, customers can use either the console, uh, they can use the AWS SDK called Boto3, they can use uh, Python SDK, which is something that we recently added, or they can use uh, AWS CLI. In terms of the process of deploying a serverless, again, the experience is pretty much the same. They first have to define the model wherein they provide the ECR location of the inference code. Then they provide the S3 location of their model artifacts. 
this step is pretty much same across all inference options. Secondly, they provide the endpoint config, and this is where they tell us that they want to deploy on serverless versus real time or some of the other uh -huh. inference options. They they specify two things here. One is they provide the memory configuration that they require for the serverless endpoint, which is typically dependent on the model size that they have. And secondly, they provide us the max concurrency that uh, they require for that particular endpoint. And by max concurrency, I mean the maximum number of concurrent requests that that particular endpoint is supposed to have. And once they have defined this, uh, they can simply deploy through one click on console or even through one line of code through Python SDK to a serverless endpoint. It's a pretty straightforward process. It takes a few minutes uh, to spin up the endpoint and mm -hmm. for it to be active. And then they can send requests to the endpoint and get uh, results back. That's amazing. And, and what about updating the model? So let's say, you know, over time I've, I've, I've retrained my model, I've improved it, et cetera. I want to release, you know, version two, version three, et cetera. What does that process look like? Yeah, so there are two things here. Firstly, as I said earlier, if you want to update from a serverless endpoint to a real-time endpoint, you basically just need to create a new endpoint config, which is the step two that, that we discussed. Mm -hmm. And then they just need to add that in step three and update the endpoint. Similarly, in case they want to, let's say, update the memory from 1 GB to 5 GB, they just need to create a new endpoint config and then update the endpoint, serverless endpoint. Easy, um, easy. Yeah, it's pretty easy probably takes three, four minutes to do. So that sounds really super easy to get going, but also to to continue to iterate on your model uh, throughout its life cycle. And, and I guess you can, it means you still have the option to, to do any sort of tuning at, at a high level, at least that you need to do to specify how big this thing is or what, how it's going to run best. But really you're letting the serverless component do that heavy lifting for you. Exactly. So so as I said earlier, like you, you as a customer, you just send us the code and tell us that this is where my model artifacts are, and everything else is managed by SageMaker, which includes your creating the endpoint, managing the underlying security, patching of the compute, and then monitoring and also logging into CloudWatch logs. So all of this is basically managed by SageMaker. It's fantastic. Now, you, t you touched on earlier on that one of the, the key use cases for customers is that that intermittent or unpredictable traffic. Can you give us a for instance? Um, walk us through a use case that, that feels like that. Sure. Let's take an example of a chatbot service, uh, which is used by a payroll processing company, right? So the payroll is processed at the end of every month, and the customer typically sees increase in number of requests or queries from employees at the end of the month. They see a peak in demand at the end of the month, but for the rest of the month, there is very low usage. Um, there are hardly any requests, right? So today they'll- a big spike when everyone yeah. wants to see it. <laughs> yeah, and the other challenge is it's very difficult to predict the peak also, right? It means at the end of like financial season, at the end of March, the peak is significantly higher because people want to- understand uh, how the tax filing is going to be but for the and, rest and of different the year, countries and, and different countries have exactly. different tax periods as well yeah exactly exactly so it's very difficult to predict that also that is why the customer might face challenges in understanding the demand understanding how many instances to provision what the scaling policy should be so it, this is a good fit for serverless inference because here they can just upload the model and tell us like and create a endpoint and then send requests to the endpoint. Um, all of the scaling is managed by uh, SageMaker. It scales really fast, uh, so, so so the customer doesn't have to manage any of the scaling policies. 
but at the same time customers also only pays for the amount of usage the amount of compute mm-hmm. usage so we do not charge them for any of the idle time um so so at the end of the month they'll see a spike in usage and that is when they will see an increase in usage and the cost is going to be higher for but for the rest of the month if there is no traffic they are not going to be charged for it so that significantly reduces their overall inference costs which as Absolutely. we discussed earlier is uh, it's pretty significant in the overall it's ml life cycle yeah and and i love that even when when we are billing for the the inference code running it's in milliseconds. <laughs> so we're getting pretty granular there. You're, not, you're really not wasting anything in terms of you're, you're only paying when you use it. Exactly. Exactly. The other thing we also want to call out is serverless, as we discussed, is, is addresses one of the specific use cases. But one of the trade-offs with serverless inference is that there is going to be cold starts. And the reason is because, for example, if you send a request at 1 p.m. and then we see a request later in the day after three, four hours, we will tear down the compute so that you do not mm. get charged, right? And then we'll have yeah. to bring that compute back up. And when we bring it up, we'll have to load the model and there is going to be a cold start during that process, which is going to be in order of seconds. Now, all use cases may not be tolerant of this cold start. So that's it. That mm-hmm. is something that customers need to be aware of. Consideration you design. Yeah. 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 And this, this is... And if they are tolerant, then serverless is a great fit. But if they are not, then again, real-time inference is the other option that they should probably go with. Exactly. That's why you have the choices. Now, one of the things I know that the team loves to do is to take these new innovations out to our customers and let them try it and give them feedback. Uh, and and we love customer feedback, good and bad, because that's how we learn what what makes for a better customer experience. Can you share some of the things you've seen out there in terms of proof of concepts or benchmarking that's been done today? Definitely. So the feature was launched in preview last reInvent, and uh, we saw a lot of customers test out the feature during the preview period. Um, one of the customers, which is a SaaS platform, they did some load testing and uh, they found that with serverless inference, they were able to reduce their overall inference cost by about 73%, which is a significant cost wow. reduction. And now after GA, they have moved to production and they have deployed over 400 models on serverless inference. So that's just made the CFO pretty happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's one success story where serverless inference addressed that specific use case that they had because they they were working with different clients. Some of their models were infrequent or intermittent. And then there were some models which were getting sudden burst in traffic. So they wanted an inference option which is which can scale really quickly, but at the same time, which can scale down quickly if there's no request so that they Mm. do not get charged. Mm. And and also, I think there was some uh, some work being done around document processing to kind of see how, how hard they could push some things. And you got some, some interesting data out of that too. Yeah. So the, there was another customer uh, which uh, did an intelligent document processing solution built on SageMaker serverless inference. And they were able to process 500,000 documents using SageMaker serverless inference in less than four weeks. In their POC, the extraction process of the relevant information took less than one minute per document, which significantly, again, helped them remove all the manual interventions that they were doing uh, and building their own pipeline. All of that they um, removed and they deployed on serverless inference. That's amazing. So they just got, got up and running and got going without that human intervention, which is really the point of having ML involved is to, to, to make the processing quicker exactly. and more accurate. Yeah. Fantastic. 
thank you so much for coming on the show today and uh, and sharing that with us. I think this is something a lot of our customers are going to go ahead and, and try it out. It's, it's generally available so people can just, you know, if they're using SageMaker, they can just go use it now. Is that right, Rashad? Yeah, it's generally available across 21 regions globally. So we'd love to see how customers use the feature going forward. Fantastic. That's great. Great to learn about. And uh, thank you, everyone. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.